Hey now, you're an all-star, get your game on, go play Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid Another episode of the NRL Supercoach All Stars podcast. This is Barnsey here with Billy back again this week. And uh, Billy made some good calls last week, mate. I hope you put him into your Supercoach team. You know very well I didn't, mate. But thanks for the uh, thanks for the shout out. <laughs> so, do you have a better week though? Uh, a little bit. I am um, a VC monster. I uh, signed a monster. A VC um I bought Turbo and VC'd him, so I was pretty excited about that until I copped um what's his Laurie's Laurie three. So um but um yeah, twelve hundred is better than the than a kick in the ass, mate. It's better than the rest of my season. Oh, you take Laurie's three all day for, for Turbo's one ninety four times two. <laughs> How amazing was that performance? Yeah, yeah. It was also I was talking to yeah. um Wilfred about it the other day as well. And um I, like when we were chatting about it, I said, you know, the, the funniest thing is about it, there was a period of 30 minutes in the second half where he did absolutely nothing. From when they the Seagulls came on at the half to start the second half and kick off until about the 70th minute, they just got trounced. And um, Turbo had nothing until that last 10 minutes. So he had half an hour, basically no points. And he still got to 194. Yeah, he um, always does that, but, mate, he's... He, he... He pretty much scores 25 or half, and then you've just got to decide whether he's going to pump that extra 30. So, a bit, bit hit and miss, but when he's on, he's on, mate. I think everyone knows that. Yeah, well, um, unfortunately, I didn't own him and had no more trades left. I've discussed it in previous weeks, but in saying that, the RTS dream is still alive. RTS has still been um, good for me since I got him in at least. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, well. Yeah, so, I mean... Uh, normally I'd be happy with how RTS is going, but that that turbo score just killed me on the weekend. Luckily I was had the week off in two head-to-head comps, so that was very fortunate timing. Let's um let's move into the first game though, because it does involve the Manly Seagulls. Um, so the first game that we got on the agenda is Tigers versus Eagles on Thursday night. The West Tigers sides line up. Elijah Taylor's out injured with a cook thigh, so that sees Eisenhuth move to lock. Uh, Lawrence back in the starting pack. Not really anything else of um, super coach note though with their changes. Um, Eisenhuth a bit of a smoky, but other than that, not really as far as changes go. Um, the Seagulls are looking at pretty much the same side aside from the Goz replacing Winterstein on the bench. So let's start off with the Tigers, Billy. Um, I don't see a huge amount of Guys that I'm really looking forward to watching in this game for a super coach head-to-head finals perspective. But one guy that I definitely want to highlight, I've spoken about him before, but this matchup's really key for him. Um, my one guy for the Tigers is uh, Sun Masters. He's, um, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's had a phenomenal season. We've both loved him all year. Uh, Wilfred loves him. Um, surprising that he, he wasn't more purchased throughout the year. Um, compared to some of the other guys, uh, like Latrell shot up a lot quicker than what Masters did in ownership. But playing the Seagulls, the Seagulls, I think they conceded six or seven tries in the second half last week against the Gold Coast Titans uh, and just absolutely capitulated. A lot of those were in the centre wing. Um, so it really looks like the type of game 
that Masters could unleash. He has been playing exceptionally well, and the Seagulls have conceded the fourth most points in Supercoach to opposing centre wings. Yeah, sorry the fact that it's a Tigers home game as well, and it's um, do or die. They've got to win the next two and pray for losses. They're pretty much done for the season, but I think the fact that it's against Manly and it's at home, um, I think, um, yeah, Masters are going to bounce back a little bit. The only other person in the Tigers team I would play would be Farah, if you got him or, was, or looking at purchasing someone for um, Cam Smith and how to trade up your sleeve. Yep, no, that's a good point as well. Um, Masters as well has averaged um, 68 over his last five rounds and um, the other thing that I'm looking at him looking at some of the numbers the fact that Manly do concede so many super coach points to opposing back lines um, VC option might be a, a bit of a pod play straight up I wouldn't do it on a Thursday night I don't think he's um, I wouldn't be a seam I don't think he can score high enough mate he's not going to score 130 He'll, he'll give you 100 or something. And if you've got a guy like Laurie on the bench <laughs> or something like that, I, uh, I wouldn't go anywhere near VCing him. I'd, um, I'd, I'd, I'd just play him, mate, and hope, hope, hopefully he goes over. Yep. The, only other person I would think, the only other person I would think to maybe play on that Tigers team would be, um, I haven't checked his price, but if um, if you managed to hold on to Fanua and he had a half-decent game last week, you, you could play him also. Yeah, he had a pretty poor game last week, only 32 points, but it was only his first game oh, back. Yeah. yeah, it was only his first game back, though, so, I mean, I, I wouldn't read too much still, into it. Gotta, well, uh, still, he he gets a lot of his points from um, hit-ups and um, tackle bus fans, so if he wasn't showing any um, any, any um, dynamic attacking, mate, and, and you're concerned about his um, arm or his shoulder, not hold up, whatever it was, yeah, mate, maybe stay away from him, but if you got him and you're desperate, um, he's an option. Versus Manly Edge at home. Yeah, for sure. I think that Nofo is probably another guy that if you if you brought him in a few weeks ago, like a, a couple of people here and there did, um, I would be playing him this week as well. Um, I don't think I'd have the Kahuna's to buy him, but in saying that, he's busted out sixty and seventy points the last two weeks. Well, uh, maybe, but um, yeah, I I wouldn't be risking too many targets, mate. I I, I would just play the one. Yep, just masters for you. Would you um, yeah. would you be looking at if you got trades now? I mean, you've got only a couple of weeks left in the season. If you got trades now, you, you've got to be using them. Um, do you think that masters is a guy that you should be using one of your trades for to get in against this manly matchup? No, I don't think you'll score high enough, and you're pretty much just rolling with the crowd. Then go for a pod. Fair enough. Um, looking at the. Seagulls, um, obviously we opened up the pod talking about Tommy, Tommy Turbo. You can't not, all-time greatest super coach score, um, and one that he seemed to do pretty easy as well. The Tigers um, actually defend opposing fullbacks in super coach very well, point scoring-wise in the top three or four teams. Um, but in the type of form that Tommy Turbo's in, he's one that stands out on this that I think you'd have to look at buying him. If you own Ponga... Um, a Ponga to Turbo is a great trade, um, especially. Um, and he looks like he's going to be either the most traded in player or the second most. Valentine Holmes and Trevojevich are battling out at the moment, although I see Holmes has gone on top by a lot today. He's at 11.2%. Turbo's just under 5%. Turbo's a great trade in, but, geez, it's going to be hard at almost 715k to get him in. 
be hard to get anyone at 715k, mate. Um, I think he's kind of worth his weight in gold at the moment. I'm just trying to have a quick. Do you? I'm just trying to have a quick look at the draw. Do you know who he's got um, next week? Um, yep, next week he's got uh, Broncos. Um, that's at Suncorp. So not the worst game, but not the greatest either. Yeah, I think twice about bringing him in. It is the Tigers, but you know the Tigers can, can turn up. They've beat Melbourne twice this year. They beat. Um, Sharks. They beat top. They beat top four teams, mate. And they're playing at at home. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure I'd bring him in 700k. I'd, I'd probably look for an alternative if he missed last week. He's, he's look. The, the guys in form, he could do something similar, but I just wouldn't. The Tigers are just one team. Even if they're in the bottom four, I just wouldn't. Wouldn't bat, I wouldn't bet against them playing at the home ground. Like they they can pretty much do anything on their day. They just they just throw it around. They just don't let you get momentum. Yeah, it's a little bit of a tough one to pick. I mean, I guess for me, I just can't get that second half that Manly played last week out of my head. It was one of the worst capitulations I recall seeing in any sport, let alone rugby league. And it was just horrendous. And if they play anything like that this week, Turbo's going to struggle to get to a tonne. Um, and I'm looking at someone like James Tedesco, for instance. I don't have the trades at the moment, but if I did have trades left, uh, Tedesco to Turbo would be a consideration at you know 90k more um, to upgrade. Teddy's got the Broncos. Yeah, this, can... Teddy's got the Bronx this week. Gonna... Yeah. <clears throat> Look, honestly, if you can't if you can't afford the 700k, I'd, I'd be more inclined to just. Um, someone like Peachy's just gone back from fullback to six and playing the Warriors. I mean, you know they're going to leak points. There's, there's possibly a lot of points in um, a centre three quarter like him. Um, I wouldn't go near. Um, what do you call it? Kurt Mann? We talked about last week in, in the six jersey as well. He's playing the Dogs this week at home. So there's there's another option you could you could, you could stick with and, and and pray for and spend your spend your money on on, on a decent forward or or. Um, or another option, or or, or another option. Um, I yeah, I kind of disagree a little bit. Seven hundred k. Yeah, I, I just seven hundred k. But there's only two weeks left in the season, so for me, if I've got trades and money, I'm just doing it. Um, and you know, I've got twenty-two rolling players that I don't need. So I, if I had three trades left, I'd be just nothing one of them, and using the cash to upgrade the other two spots in the next two weeks. One this week. And one the other. So I don't think affordability is going to be that much of an issue. I think it's going to be, you know, for me personally, it's going to be who you're trading out, whether it's going to be worth doing it or not. And Tedesco yeah. could, could go well against the Broncos anyway. It's at home at Allianz, so it's away from Suncorp for the Bronx. But the biggest thing which you raised, which is a really good point, mate, the Trevojevic's game the following week is away at Suncorp, which traditionally Manly doesn't do well with. Whereas Tedesco's round 25 game is at ANZ against the Parramatta Eagles, which the, the uh, Roosters might be vying for the minor premiership still at that point, more than likely, and they're going to play hard. So it could be one where the next two weeks you're trading out Teddy to get Turbo and Teddy outscores him. And uh, Nathan, um, Nathan Brown's out now too, so um, the best guy in their pack, so... Um... Anything could happen to the Eels. They could go better. They could improve. Who knows? But um, they didn't do pretty well um, without Brown and Gunnison for the uh, the first half of the year. So 
I reckon Teddy just runs right, mate. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, and that's the biggest thing. Uh, having said that, um, I think Ponger to Turbo, I would definitely do. If I own Ponger, I'd be going him to Turbo, and that seems like a pretty popular one this week. Um, Turbo is still only owned by 27% of teams, so this is the other thing. Really? Didn't, didn't know that. I might, even, I, I might even just go someone like um, Brown to uh, Jervo this week, use the last trade on, because if Teddy's going to go big again, so not Teddy, if Ponga's going to go big again, it'll be Jervo uh, um, potentially feeding him a little bit, and worst case scenario, worst case scenario at least Jervo's going to get 55, 60 points just just doing his work in the middle. Yeah, so Jervo's um, another one that um, went really well last week, scored 115 points. Um, he's much more heavily owned um, in 46% of teams, but very affordable at 581000 um, so I reckon that's a that's a really good option in this game. Um, I mean, he also looks like a pretty safe um, C option uh, for this week even. Um, he's a Thursday night game, which makes it a little bit tricky. So having a look at it, you know, he's probably not the best option, but there's it's a oh, week... Uh, I'd be a bit concerned about throwing a, uh, a captaincy option on Gerbo, Um Especially, especially the first the first game of the round mate, versus the Tigers. I'd rather play a Jervo against the top, against the top four side, where he's going to get a lot of a lot of work in the middle. Tigers can go side to side. There could be sort of seven tries and eight two minute conversion breaks in in that game, plus plus a ten minute rest. Who knows? You never know what you're going to get with Jervo in a game like that. It's 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 a game where he could score fifty or fifty or one hundred twenty. I'd be more concerned around the fifty. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the last guy that I was going to raise with the Sea Eagles that stood out for me for this week, um, Marty Tapao, um, hasn't been in the most fantastic form. He's still been solid, but he's been one of those Fords. At this time of year, it looks like that there's several Fords who have just kind of fallen down a little bit where they've been giving 50s for a few weeks. There's a heap of them that have done it. Um, he hasn't been going that great at a three-round average of 55 and a five-round average of 61. But... Having said that, um, Tapao is playing the West Tigers, his former club, um, and he does always seem to get up against the Tigers, so it's one of those games. Um, he looks like a pretty good option this week. I'd certainly be playing him despite his form the last few weeks. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I um, probably should have checked that match up before, but yeah, players too den- do tend to step up against old clubs sometimes. Marty probably seems like one of those blokes who gets a lot more aggressive too. Yeah, he's um his performances against the Tigers, um, the Tigers he has the highest average score out of any opponent. So he's averaged seventy two points yeah. against the Tigers, um, which is well higher than any other opponent. Um, and he's also got his third highest score against the Tigers ever, which is one hundred and seven points. So his numbers yeah, yeah. actually look really good. Nice uh, stat, mate. I wouldn't be buying him, but I'll tell you what, if you got him, you'd be playing him, wouldn't you? For sure. So picking a winner here, um, how do you think that this, this is going to go for super coach purposes? How do you see this game playing out score-wise? Um, I reckon Turbo's quiet for a bit, but ends up scoring 75-80. I reckon, I reckon Tigers in it. I reckon Tigers get up. I reckon sort of a, a 20 to 16 um, point ball game type thing. Yeah, it's probably pretty fair. I think it, I think it'll be a decent scoring game for Supercoach. 
um, without setting the world on fire. But um, Campbelltown Stadium, they fire up a fair bit sometimes over there, and um, it's a nice suburban ground to be playing at. I think Manly probably have to bounce back. I think it'll be an ugly match. Very ugly match. Very ugly match. (laughs) Well, there's two ways it goes, right? At this time of year, when when two-team seasons are virtually over, it either gets really scrappy and really crappy football because they're eyeing off their end-of-season trips to Bali, or it goes the other way and they've kind of got the pressure off and they don't have to worry about a lot of things um, and they just come out of their shell and start throwing the ball around. And some of those games can be pretty entertaining, so... I don't know. I, I really. This is one of the games this weekend where I don't know where it's going to go, but I think it'll be all right for the big guns in Super Coach. Maybe not fantastic, like you mentioned. So. Um, yeah, I reckon. It, I reckon it'll be a big crowd for the uh, home team, but mate, it's not. Um, it's not like uh, if it's at Campbelltown, it's the old Magpies home ground, mate. You'll get a, you get a lot of people turned out for that, and you know everyone hates Manly, so apart from Manly, so. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I reckon it'll be a big game for a Thursday night crowd, mate. Yeah, I, I'm going to say, I, I agree with you. I reckon it's going to be a Tigers win. Um, I think it's going to be pretty close. And we'll go Tigers 1-12 to on the betting markets there. Um, but the next one on the Friday night is the first Friday night matchup being the Warriors versus Penrith Panthers. Uh, both these teams coming off some pretty poor losses last weekend um, and a bit of controversy as well for them. Sean Johnson's got a bit of an ankle complaint, but he's meant to be fine he's been named. But the big news is today that um, Blake Green's been ruled out. So Mason Lino is actually going to be coming to the halves. Um, Tohu Harris is returning and going to be on the bench in replace of Lavaha Pulu. And with the Panthers, uh, Tyrone Peachy is moving from fullback. When I read that as a Peachy owner, my heart went into my throat and I thought he was going to get benched. But thankfully, he's been moved into the number six jersey uh, with Tyrone May. Dropping to the bench, and uh, James Fisher-Harris is back, pushing CHM to the bench and Ellis out to the reserves. So, a couple of big ones to talk about on this one. Let's start with the Warriors. This one's at Mount Smart. Um, the Warriors had the Warriors' loss last week was pretty bad. They really should have beat the Bulldogs, um, and they're really faltering at the wrong time of the year. Having said that, a few guys stepped up quite a bit. Fisitua had a big game with a few tries. Can't really rely on him. Um, but Sean Johnson actually played pretty well, um, all things considered. He had an early try assist and line break assist and um, got going a bit early. Also had a couple of uh, offloads and ran the ball a fair bit. Ended up with a score of 88 points, which is his best score in 11 or 12 weeks. So he is rounding out a little bit better. And his last two games, Penrith this week, and Canberra the week after are both at Mount Smart. Uh, so I won't lie, Billy, he's one that sticks out to me because I have looked at him as a potential VC option. Yeah, oh, mate, Johnson's a VC option against any any bottom eight team, especially when playing at home. So as long as he's fit and you don't have any concerns about his um, ankle or knee or whatever you call it, then you just do it. Mate, you have a few Panthers oh, well. fans blowing up about bottom eight. They're, they're almost top four. Well, I say, well, I say, well, I'm eight team, so it's um, I'm not including uh, Panthers and uh, Dragons in there, mate, because you, you know you know how quickly they slide. Um, who knows which which one of those teams are going to turn up? Uh, there's no way in hell I would be um, leasing or seeing Johnson over at a Penrith, mate. They just turn into a different into a different beast there. 
um, bar a couple of exceptions here and there. But uh, over in New Zealand, when they're trying to prove some form, um, when they, when they're in the, uh, the 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 fourth eighth eighth type position, mate, I reckon they'll uh, they'll want to turn up this week. So I think you'll I think you'll probably see the same type of Johnson as last week. But whether whether he scores 130 or 150, I, I'm not sure, mate. But um. Um, for lack, lack of lack of CNVC options, he's he's probably about as close to a, uh, one of the one of the one or two options you you have. Well, you probably need to do it um, in the first few games to have a lot of options for guys to drop out and get enough in there. So, I think he's a pretty good VC as a second game in. Um, and as the other reason why I found him appealing is because uh, the Panthers are one of those sides, um, as is Manly, where they are a side that. Um, doesn't really have any real form line. They could get flogged by anybody. So, you know, the Panthers very well could win this, but they also could lose by 20 points. Um, so it's an ideal game to throw the VC in on SJ because someone like him, if they win by 20 points, he's going to be involved in a lot of it, as we know. And especially with Blake Green out, um, I expect he'll probably do a lot more of the um, kicking in play um, because Mason Leno isn't the best kicker in game, so yeah, yeah. I, I reckon he's a great VC. But let's move on to the guy I mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, you mentioned that you know you wouldn't be trying to get the money together to get Trevojevic. An option to go from say a Ponga um, or one of the you know more dud fullbacks, or if you got Munster there and you want to move on from him, that's cheaper and much more attainable is Roger Tuivasa Shek, and he has um, been really good lately. Uh, like I mentioned, I got him in a while ago, and I've been pretty happy with how he's been going. Um, would he be someone that you would, you know, if you own Ponga uh, for this Penrith matchup at Mount Smart this week and at Mount Smart next week, would you consider bringing him in? Uh, as a pod, if you needed someone to get over the line, yeah, but I just don't see him having too much upside. He's he's the type of guy who goes from zero to 60 in the space of 10 minutes, and you get so excited, but then... You see something like what happened with Turbo last week. The guy sits there for the next seventy minutes and then ends up on eighty-three. So, um, what, what what did he end up on last week? I'm out of, just out of curiosity because I know I remember seeing you you being all excited about him being on sixty after sort of ten minutes again. Yeah, he um, he went well. So the last three weeks, eighty-five against the Bulldogs, and that was in a losing side. He did score a try and line break. Um, the week before though, he had no try or line break and still scored 89 points. Um, and the week before that, he had 64 points without a try or line break. So in his last three rounds, he's averaged 79 points, and there's only one try in that, um, and he's averaged 40 points plus in base, pure base. Oh, it sounds like he's pretty much back then, so <laughs> take that back a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, he'd, he'd, want to step, he'd want to step up with the double, though, if you want to try a VC on him. Um, uh, who's who's he got? Who did you say he's got next week? Was that so versus the Raiders. Raiders, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think you, I think you're probably right on the money there, buddy. If you're looking for a um a pod type player that's going to get you through to this uh, the the semi final and the final, um, he's, I, I don't think he's going to score less than fifty versus any of those two teams. So you're probably reasonably safe in a in a head to head type situation. Head to head or head to head or overall. Yeah, I like him against Penrith at home, and I like him against the Raiders at home. And um, if I had Ponga, I'd be doing this trade for sure. 
He's only 500000 so he's very affordable. So if anyone can't afford turbo and really needs to get some um, strike in their backs or in their reserves, uh, I'd be going a Ponga to a RTS for sure. Um, so he's a good option. Um, I don't really see any other big options in this Warriors team, um, but both Roger and Sean Johnson are both potential VC or even ballsy C options if you want to go straight up for it. Um, the game you know, itself... Um, Manor, yep, sorry. Manning starting at 13. How many minutes do you reckon you'll get there? Not enough. I think Manning's um, super coach career is basically over. It's... Um, it's just too hard for him. He's, you know, lately he's been going. He went 66 minutes on the weekend, scored a solid. Uh, oh, sorry, he scored. Um, he had 70 minutes on the weekend, and he scored 64 points. You know, the week before he had 67 minutes and scored 50. He's not going to get 80. He hasn't played an 80 minute game for three months. Um, so, yeah, he's not going to be worth it, and he's. He, if he if you get him in, I just I'm not a fan of getting a meat and potatoes guy in. He kind of reminds me of Aiden Tolman after Aiden Tolman fell off a cliff um, a few years ago, and Aiden Tolman then became the ultimate meat and potatoes guy. That if he was going to get seventy or eighty minutes, he was still going to get you those fifties or maybe the mid sixty scored sometimes, but it just wasn't worth it. Yeah, he's as old as me too, mate. He's Cretaceous period, so I'll leave that one alone. <laughs> All right, let's leave the dinosaurs over there and not buy them, okay? Um, but there's not really anyone else there that I'd, I'd talk about. So overall for the game, uh, Warriors vs Panthers, I actually see this one has a lot of points in this one. Um, I reckon it might be one of the top super coach games of the round. And I'm going to go Penrith to win 30-24 to 24 on that one. Yeah, okay, don't ask me. I've got no idea. I'm just going to watch it and play. <laughs> Some decent points, mate. Well, we've spoken a lot about the Warriors. We better actually talk about their opposition to the Penrith Panthers. Um, so, really, for them, we've spoken about a lot of these guys before, so we're not going to talk about them too much. But um, we are going to need to talk about uh, Tyrone Peachy. You mentioned him earlier in the pod. He is a guy who's yeah. done quite well. Moving into six, do you, do you like him better at six than one? Uh. If you went back a couple of weeks, I would have said no. But um, after last week's performance, I'm, I'm <laughs> kind of liking the idea of him just getting his hands on the ball. He's been an interchange specialist for years, mate. Every time he gets the ball, though, he does something. So um, I'm hoping he doesn't detract too much from Cleary, from Cleary, but I don't think he will. I think he'll just sort of be, be more of a runner than an organiser, mate. He'll, he'll just get the ball and do a little bit out left when he gets the chance. Yeah, I think that I like him better at six myself because um, as an owner, I've been watching his stats very closely each game and he goes through long stretches of not doing much. Um, I think, you know, three quarters of the way through last game, he had like six or seven runs of the football and two tackles and, you know, one offload and he hadn't really done much at all. So he ended up ramping up a little bit to get to a 39 points, which was amazing considering the game. Um, but in the sixth jersey, um, I expect him to have the same ball-playing opportunities that he has at one, but he should get to run the ball a lot more in traffic and also have to make a lot more tackles. So I think his average is probably going to be you know, at least five to ten better in the number six jersey. Um, and I'm yeah. going to There's play only... Yeah, I'll play him too. There's only the three people you would seriously play this week. Um, Cleary, him, and um, 
and kick out. Yeah, for sure. And kick out's visa's been cleared now, so he's a pretty solid in. Um, I expect all three of those guys to go pretty well against the Warriors. Clear is the other guy yeah. I was tossing up as a VCC as well. Who who would you prefer out of him versus um, Sean Johnson? Uh, probably Jono at home, but for pod factor um, and the fact that they're top four, um, bouncing back, I'd, I'm inclined to maybe go Cleary. In a losing side, well, and an underperforming side as well, Cleary, since he came back in round 19, it's been nothing short of remarkable. Like, I knew he was doing well, but every time I look at his numbers, like I've just done now, I'm still amazed. He's got a five-round average of 83. He scores since he came back um, from a couple of weeks off. 74, 75, 88, 97, 80 in the last five weeks. Yeah, well, mate, he just come back from an Origin win where they've won it for the first time in um, a while. I mean, he, I know he didn't do a lot in Origin, but confidence is a big thing. You, you come off a, a, a big win like that, come back to a, a top four team, and then you know, put a few games together. They had that that one game where they came back from God knows um, how, how far behind. Like confidence is a big thing. Plus, he's got the uh, goal kicking back from uh, Lighty now, and Lighty's not there, so he's doing a bit more organising. Or if he just keeps rolling on with it, mate, I think um, you'll I think you'll find the Cleary of. Um, uh, 2018 is back. Sorry, 2017 is back. Yeah, for sure. I, I can't fathom why any super coaches are owning him right now. He's, um, his PPM has gone up by about 50% in the last five weeks compared to the rest of the year. He's averaging uh, just over one PPM over the last five weeks, which is um, pretty amazing for a halfback. Yep, I like. So let's move on to the next game. Um, I'm definitely going to be choosing between those two, I think, for my VC, SJ versus Cleary. The next one up, though, is the second Friday night game, which is the Cowboys versus the Eels, being uh, Jonathan Thurston's last home game, so a pretty big one for the Cows. Matt Scott and Jason Tomalolo are back. Um, Scott Bolton and Asiata make way for them in the Cowboys-only changes. Um, On the Eels side of things... Um, as you mentioned, Billy, Nathan Brown is out injured, which is a big blow. Um, easily your best forward. And uh, Kane Evans, Tim Manor, and Cameron King are all returning. So couple, a big big out for the Eels with Brown. But starting off with the Cowboys, surely that side plays better than what they have just for JT for that one game. Oh, yeah, 100%. But who the hell would you actually choose to score points? Um, and let's be real, no one's got JT anymore. If you did, you would play him this week. Um, but there's no real other options in there apart from maybe Cohen Hess, but I doubt anyone's kept him this long. Mate, you're um, forgetting the beast. I, I don't think he's good enough for a VC um, option, but... Uh, um, Tom Alolo is back. Tom coming 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 off coming off a two week break with one of JT's last sort of uh, games at Small Stadium versus the Eels, but in a in a in a depleted sort of pack. Um, I don't Penny Tree Penny is no snatch, so he's taken Brown Brown's spot. But I um yeah I I just think Tom Alolo has a has a decent game this week, buddy. I don't think you I don't think I think you'll see a fifty point forty minute. 45 minute effort from Lolo this week. I think you'll see you know, 60 minutes and him sort of ripping in. 
Yeah, for sure. The last um, the last month of football, he's played better minutes um, after sort of a, a little bit of a drop. But he, um, yeah, he's, surely he's got to get up. He scored the last two games he played. He scored two tries in a row, um, which is fantastic. 112 and 95 points his last two games. So he seems to be one of the reasons I was looking at Cleary and SJ's VCs, Billy, is because. Looking at this week, Tom Malolo looked like one of the few safe options to put the C on. Uh, there's no such thing as a safe C, mate. I think, you all, I think we all know that. Relatively the safe. Minute you say that. The, the, the minute you say that, he plays 45 minutes and scores 60 points and has, comes off and has, has, has a rest because they're up by 40 points. <laughs> um, I, um, I would... Uh, just going through through them. I wouldn't say he's safe. I think he's got some decent points points in him. I think if you're going to go for someone safe this week, it's you're probably looking. Cook and Tomalolo were my two safe picks. I, I would rather go for Feeder over him versus the Knights, mate. Oh jeez, <laughs> that's uh, that's extra not safe. Well, I, I don't see how, mate. It's um. Sharks, sharks are at home. They're in sixth place. They want to. They want to get back into the top four versus the Knights. Um, I reckon he can do some decent damage versus a team like that with, with their offload, mate. On 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 a, on, on, a Sunday, on a Sunday afternoon. Fafita played thirty-nine minutes last weekend. Thirty-nine minutes. Okay, I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, one of one of the things that hasn't been widely spoken about or reported on as well is that. Um, Gallon and a couple of the other players um, from Fafita's blow-up on the weekend with um, him getting benched for so long said that they're managing his knee because his knee is playing up a little bit and they're managing it for the finals. So um, it's not an official injury that's been reported on and stuff, but a couple of the guys have spoken about it and so it's Flanagan. So, yeah, I don't think you can go for Fafita either. So to me, it was Tom Malalo and Cook were the two safer options for this week. Well, I hope he goes over this week because I don't want a 35-minute Fifi, mate. Yeah, I um, we'll get to him in a little while, but sticking on Tom Alolo, um, I reckon that he's got to get up for JT's last game. He's going to fire up. Um, at the very least, you're definitely playing him. If I didn't own Tom Alolo, um, I would buy him because he's 617k, and the type of guys that you can trade out, um, Tarpany's been ruled out, a few people own him. Uh, Reese Martin looks like a great trade out to Tom Alolo. Um, you, do you disagree with me that you'd look at getting Tom Alolo in for this week for the finals head to head, guys? Uh, I wouldn't be trading um, Reese Martin for him, though. Are you, are you kidding? No, not at all. Mate, Tom Alolo, wrecking ball. JT's last game. Martin's. Um, Dude, Ma- Martin's average 80 for the year or something, and he's playing Dragons. Yeah, but mate, you're, you're falling into that trap. Like I said, it's everything's out the window now. You're just talking about the now. And um, the last two weeks, Reese Martin's got 49 and 50 points. And he's one of those guys that's really fallen down in his work rate. So 49, 50 the last two weeks, and he's coming up against the Dragons away and the Sharks at home. I um, think I'd rather have Tom Um, uh, Yeah. I think you're right. For for one game, yeah. For two games, I'd still rather an 80 minute edgy kicking goals. Yeah, fair point. It's um, it's really hard to adjust at this time of year. So like, I know where you're coming from. It's um, one of those things where you really have to have blinkers on and just look at 
one week at a time for the next two weeks um, rather than, yeah, look, you know, how they've been going. Yeah, true. Look, honestly, I, I think everyone knows this, but I think this is just a rubbish week for captains. And I hate doing um, BC on MC on the first and second game of the weekend, but you might be right. Just a VC, a turbo, and a C of Cleary or Johnson might be the best way to go for the weekend. If you really want someone safe, wait for the extra game and go, go Lolo. There's yep. not really much for the rest of the weekend. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, your boys at Eels. Um, Joe Hayne almost had his back broken last weekend. He uh, came back down to earth as well with his super coach scoring after a bit of a run. Um, I don't really see too many Eels worth either playing, owning or buying. Um, but as an Eels fan, Billy, do you want to tell me I'm wrong? Uh, no. I've still got Gutherson, so I have to play him, but there's there's not really anyone worth playing. Um if you own if you own Moses he might he might be a sneaky throw at the stumps. Um he he has he has a decent game every now and then. They're trying to avoid the spoon, but um yeah, cows are also trying to avoid the spoon as Jack one JT second last game forever in Townsville, so I'd kinda of back the cows there, but he he wouldn't be the worst. Um, if you own Jared Hamer, he might be a sneaky too. Um, you've got to play one, you've got to play four centers, three quarters, and there's no one guaranteed to score sixty points. But he's in form at the moment, and um, cows aren't exactly known running for the defense out wide, so he might be um, he might be an option as well. Yeah, that's a fair call. Mitchell Moses is um, such a such an enigma. He scored ten points last week against the Storm, and the week before against the Dragons, he threw up one hundred and thirty four. It's, uh, jeez, talk about rolling the dice. Yep. There's a couple of sneakies there, but um, they're not exactly the safest safest option in the world, but they're there. Yeah. So I think we'll move on from this one. I reckon it, I, you thought that the first game might be ugly. I think that this one could be real ugly, but um, I think the cows get home. I reckon it might be a 18-14 uh, type of scenario with this one. versus the spoon, mate. Could be nil all. Wouldn't it be great if they just both drew for the spoon and just, you know, had the same for and against at the end of the year and they had to give out two spoons? It's the way these two teams are played. It's anything's possible, mate. The, um, I'll have to stop talking about the next game. Yeah, you? let's get away from Billy's Eels. Let's talk about the Raiders versus Rabbitohs on Saturday. Um, so this one's an interesting one. We've got Tuppany being ruled out um, just now with a broken thumb out for the whole season. Um, he was more of a depth guy for people anyway, so it's a it's a good guy to loop with if you're like me and you don't have any um, any trades left. Um, so Elliot Whitehead goes back to the back row, um, and Michael Oldfield comes into the side to be in the centres. Aiden Caesar is named in the reserves, and he's aiming to return, which will help um, the Raiders, I reckon. But the big news is really the Bunnies. They've got a lot of guys back. Alex Johnston, Campbell Graham, and Greg Inglis are all returning. Um, so basically half the um, Rabbitohs' first choice back line is back. Um, the bench is quite nice for the forwards as well because Braden Burns is on it. So then they've got Cam Murray, Jason Clark, and Totola. So it looks like big minutes for some of the staff forwards there still. Um, so pretty interesting for the Rabbits. Uh, I reckon they're going to be in a bit of a mood in this game. The, uh, the Raiders, however, is coming off a good win against uh, my Roosters last week. 
I don't know why. They've, they've been playing well, but I just have a feeling that the Raiders are going to drop off a little bit um, this week. And I don't think that I would really be comfortable playing many of them or certainly not buying any of them. Yeah, I wouldn't either, mate. Um, there were a few calls to buy Rapana about three or four weeks ago and then he would turn it around. Um, I just can't say it. Um, like, is, is it really Tapini? I, I just call him Tapine. <laughs> um, he, 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 he was an option, but... Uh, who, so who's who's replacing him on the edge? It's just Whitehead going back there. So Whitehead was playing in the centres before, uh, and now he's just going back to the back row, and he's not going to be an option. Uh, look at, if, they, uh, if they were playing Titans and Warriors two games in a row in Canberra, he'd, he'd definitely be an option, but... Um, nah, Go near him. Um, I mean, to be fair with Rapana, you brought up you brought up Rapana. He um he does have a three round average of sixty nine and a five round of sixty three, and they are playing at GIO in Canberra. He scored a try and was on forty or forty five after five minutes last week, and then an hour later he was still on forty five or forty six, mate. Yeah. You really, you really want to go there? No, I'm just I'm just giving him credit where it's due. It's different, um, it, it, isn't it? I'm not giving him any credit. I paid six hundred grand to start the year with him. You can get nicked if you can't if you can't score sixty five points versus six bottom ranked teams in the first half of the year. Then he's not going to do anything versus the rabbits. If he does, I'll personally sniper him myself. Mate. Yeah, I I actually I, agree with you. I, I think the Rabbits are specials this week to to come back to form and make a bit of a statement with some of those ins in their back line. No, I I'd, I'd much prefer um, uh, Rabbits outside Baxter um, back up this week. If you if you've managed to hold on to AJ, I reckon um, I reckon he I reckon he scores for a partner and he's coming back to a bum leg. Well. Um, just one last one with the Raiders that I want to raise as a pot option. Um, Josh Papali's been coming into form the last couple of weeks. He scored a 73 against the Roosters and 100 the week before against the West Tigers. Um, played 66 and 80 minutes in each of those two. His uh, base has been 55 and 61 in those two as well. Um, he's probably the only one that I'd say he's a bit of a smoky where he, um, he might try and... Um, give it to the Rabbitohs forward pack and step up a little bit because he has been playing some good footy the last couple of weeks. Could be a good second-rate point. Yeah. yeah, agree, but no one's got him and he's not the type of bloke like you're going to buy for one week, so there's not really much point talking about him, but I know what you're saying, mate. Could be a match winner, mate. I don't know, but let's talk about your Rabbitohs. I, I don't think he'll score big enough. Even if he does go go over for go over the line, I reckon he scores 85-90. He's, he's, he's not going to be much. I don't think that those sort of points are worth a trade, mate. Well, on the Rabbitohs side of things, um, I mentioned to you that I saw two guys as safer type of picks this week to put the C on. One was Tom Malolo. The other one was Damien Cook. Um, Cook had a poor game against the Broncos with only 41 points, which was his lowest score by far of the year. The week before, he only scored 56. But the two games before, he scored 110 and 115. Earlier in the season, um, playing the the Raiders' big pack that's pretty susceptible up the middle, um, he scored 102 points against the Raiders. And I kind of feel like that the same type of game might be coming from Cook. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> um, 
you said it yourself, mate. You played the Roosters and then the Broncos away from home. Um, the guy's not Superman. He's not going to score a ton every week. So it's like going and play under 16s, under 16s, and then going back to your under 12s, mate. <laughs> you're um, you're going to split the defense again. Yeah, the Raiders and the Raiders forwards are big and slow, and behind that ruck is a danger zone for him, and it's exactly the type of game that Cook likes to play. So I I wouldn't have any hesitation in putting the C on him straight up. I actually think he's a really good option. And you'd also think that after the last couple of weeks, particularly last week, I think he was the most captain player, and a lot of guys got burnt from him. Um, so maybe that's going to keep people away this week, which might play into some astute coaches' hands. Yeah, true. I think um, there's a lot of options this week, um, especially if you if you if you keep if you own. Uh, I'm I'm going to go out and limb here. We can talk about this later. But even waiting for the Titan for the Titans in the Storm game, that that could that could be the one game where Monster actually does something or Slater does something. So well, we'll get we'll get to that one in a minute. Give, give, I'm not going to talk about it now. But what I'm going to say is, given that it's a it's a it's a key matchup to get people into the finals. Um, and given that there's no guaranteed sort of uh, all sort of plain obvious um, C and VC choice, um, yeah, this could be one of the week, weeks week, weeks where you just wait till later in the weekend to use your your VCC option. So even holding off right until sort of late Saturday night, um, early early Saturday afternoon, there's plenty of games you can hold off for. Yeah, that's a fair call as well. I like that. Um, one of the most uh, traded out guys is actually Cameron Smith. He's the second most traded out this week because he's carrying that injury and he's not 100% out of the woods, um, which plays right into Damien Cook. I would 100%, if I had trades up my sleeve, be getting Damien Cook in this week to win some matchups in head-to-head. And even for overall, I'd be dumping Cam Smith for these last two games and getting Cook in. You're 100 and something grand short. I would nuff somebody else to do it. 100%, that would be one of my priority trades. Yep, but disagree. Um, but other than that, mate, I don't think there's too many other um, rabbits, although I do feel like that um, probably Sam Burgess is going to step up this week against the big pack. He's um, had some up and down games lately, um, and the last two weeks he's had 40s, but the weeks before were 93, 60, 68, 72. I feel like he's going to get back to form. That's probably the other big thing that I'm going to say about this one, but um, I know you've been a bit off Sam this year. Yeah, um, he's still big, Sammy, mate, and you you got to give him respect where respect is due, mate. The the guy's not going to score 85, 90 points every week like he did for the three, four years ago. Um, it's unrealistic to expect that he is. But if you still compare what he's doing now compared to other forwards, he's still going to be in the top five. I, I, I mean, at the beginning of the year, when, when everyone was looking at um, making their teams, Everyone had like 18 second rowers and every single person struggled to find a front rower. And the only person they, they all wanted for consistency was Sam Burgess. So I don't think he's fallen far from that mantle. There's probably guys like, you know, Fafita, um, um, Fafita, maybe Pengai. Um, what do you, uh, I forgot his name. Kicker. Bloody Edge. Uh, Kicker. Kick there's, there's not many guys that you put in the same sentence as Burgess with confidence. So... I think everyone's just going to just going to play when he'll he'll he'll, he'll score sixty five or seventy five this week or this week or next. It's just going to be hard to pick. That's all. Yeah, I'd be playing Burgess and Crichton um, this week for sure, one hundred percent each of them. Burgess in the front row and Crichton in the second row. I don't see any way that you can bench them with this forward battle against the Raiders with both 
pretty good running on edges as well to maybe get some points. I reckon between the two of them, one of them's going to score a try. There's a big call for you. Yeah, I think they just want to finish to the one-two to avoid playing the Storm or um, Storm or Chooks or whoever it is that's up there with them. Yeah. Let's move on to that Storm game that you wanted to chat about, Billy. Titans vs Storm's a Saturday 5.30 game. Um, Will Matthews returns on the bench. Yeah. Will Matthews is back on the bench to to replace Bryce Cartwright. How the mighty have fallen. He gets brought in for one game, barely plays and gone. Um, For the Storm, Cam Smith has been named, but um, he's certainly in some doubt. So it's going to be a tough one. I've got him not playing at the moment for my team. Um, And I just tend to think that uh, it's going to be a hard one to play and also a hard tricky one to sort of wait until that game because if he doesn't get named an hour before kickoff and he gets replaced it's going to be slim pickings on the few games that are left to try and um, try and replace him they've also got Will Chambers gone yeah just um, make sure you've got um, Cook in your starting nine and Smith on, on and Smith on the, on, on the reserves because um, Cook plays beforehand so um, if, if Smith is laid out, you're not going to be able to sub him out. So just make sure he's, he's, you've got that right order done first. But um, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's not really many, many options. Farrah would have played Friday night already. So you, you'll pretty much be, unless you're lucky enough to have some kind of weird jewels, which I'm not even sure who's, who's left out there. Is, um, there wouldn't be any, there wouldn't be many options to replace him. You'll be nothing and trying to trade up elsewhere, but you'd be relying on two trades in and let's face it, I don't think there's many people left with two. No, I think that people are just going to have to just, just hold Smith unless they don't own Cook and then they should be using him to get Cook. Um, that's pretty much anything I think yeah. you'd be doing. But I don't think he's a good play this week. Um, I mean, it's Cameron Smith. He could come and, and do well, but they've also got Wool Chambers out with suspension, Vinavalu out with a hamstring injury. Um, so they're certainly in the walls. Um, this storm side... Realistically, they're playing the um, Titans, so they should do well. Um, you mentioned Munster, who you were off like a bad smell last week, um, but you reckon that he might actually come back against the Titans this week? Yeah, if there's one game I'd play for the entire year, it would be this one. I got it right last week, let's hope I'm right again. But yeah, if you own if you own Munster, you, you own him for a reason. You think he's gonna you think he's gonna perform so you'd be playing him anyway but if you if you listened last week and benched him um, I, I'd, be, I'd be playing him this week just reverse the decision well um, you've just uh, looked like Nostradamus there because I was about to pull out some stats for Munster and um, you've made yourself look very very good Billy uh, Kevin Munster's favourite team to play is the Gold Coast Titans he has the highest average by far against the Titans than any other team in five games he's averaged 92 points a game against the Gold Coast Titans. Um, his next highest average against the team is 73. Uh, his minimum score, the least he has scored against the Gold Coast Titans, is 72, which is a mile ahead of his minimum score in the second-best team. And his max score is 141 points, which is the second most he's ever scored in Supercoach history. So this yeah, is... But they were all fallback. They were, but mate, I'd take a 20% drop off those scores and he's still looking pretty good. So um, he's definitely a play for me. I reckon that you're spot on. Um, this is Does a week. He... Other question, who kicks if um, Smith's out? Because I know, I know Munster has done in the past. Would it be one of the halves? 
Um, look, Hughes or Jackson, whoever it is. Um, they got Brady Cross in the halves, um, and it's a bit of a tough one because um, some of their other hooker and half options, like Brandon Smith, is out as well. So I'm not really sure. Cameron yeah. Munster might actually find himself kicking. So that would be a nice Maybe. bonus. It's a possibility. I, I, I would. I would. I would. I wouldn't bank on it. Um, but yeah, look, if you're going to play him one game of the year, I'd, I'd play him. I, I, if there's one game I wish I could have him back for, it would be just this one. Yeah. Um, the only other two guys that sort of stand out a little bit, we spoke about Slater last week. Um, if you did happen to, to own him um, for whatever reason, you def- I'd definitely play him this week. Um, he's going to have to take. A lot of the attack on board with Brady Croft coming into the halves and um, potentially Cameron Smith not playing. Um, I think he's going to shoulder a fair bit of it. Um, but yeah, you wouldn't be bringing him in or anything. Um, mate, we spoke about Addo Carr as being the ultimate boom or bust guy as a pot option last week. He scored 26 points against the Eels, which is pretty woeful. Um, and amazingly enough, he hasn't gone very well against bad teams, so it's been hard to pick. Uh, you, you couldn't be. If I bought, if I purchased him a couple of weeks ago when the influx of players did, I'd almost feel compelled to play him against the Titans, but I'd feel pretty worried about it. I'm not worried. I didn't. I didn't promote him. You're the one getting all the hate mail. <laughs> oh, he promoted that much. Hey? He was a risky pod, but he uh, he was the second and and eighth most purchased player for a two week period about three or four weeks ago. So a lot of guys were jumping on without us. Yeah, um, I, I wouldn't. I'd be reluctant to play him um, away from home. But the fact that it's the Titans, mate. Um, yeah, I still wouldn't do it. The guy just has a, such a low base. He needs to score twice to kind of be relevant. So, look, if, if you go and you need him, um, yeah, chuck him in. But um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be buying him. Put it that way. And but I, I don't think we'd be having this fifty-fifty calls that which Melbourne Storm player is going to score more points this week. I, I'd just kind of stay away from him. But if you had to play him, play him. Yeah, I think there's there's all of a sudden too many good options to play in the centre wing that are better than him. A lot of teams now have... Um, I was looking at someone's team today and they had Latrell Mitchell, Masters, Valentine Holmes, um, Nene McDonald and Fergo um, and Chain, and um, Adokar. So there's just no way that oh, you'd start him. Yeah, I'd be concerned about Fergo again this week too um, at home. But I'm oh, sorry, I know it's uh, in Fox territory, but it's um, most of the Broncos and they're on the bounce back. So I don't think it'll be as easy for him. Yeah, let's move on to that game because um, this one's not a very good one. Um, the Storm are under, understaffed on the player side of things. They're missing uh, three or four guys and um, it could be a bit of an ugly one, I think. Um, I reckon that the... I'm still going to play Ribson. If Smith's out on playing Brimson, I'm going to go it. Yeah, well, I mean, Brimson does look like he played. He played exceptionally well last week, and he does look like he's more comfortable at fullback. Um, he scored what 88 points last week. That included two tries. 84 points he downgraded to. But geez, he did look really confident. Um, so certainly a bit ballsy because he did score that 26 at fullback the week before. But yeah, he's done pretty well. Um, other than that, I don't really see any other Titans that I'd be looking at playing, any other pods I'd be looking at purchasing. Um, and if I own Ryan James, which is the highest owned guy, 
I'd be benching him as well, I think. Yep. So no Titans for you, Billy? Still play. No, I'm playing Brimson. Mate, I called it last week. He'll step up. I'm going to back my own judgment this week. I'm going to play him in man this week. All right. Good luck with Brimson, mate. I'm only playing um, Brimson if um, Smith's out, but I'd still rather play Smith just in case. Yep. Yeah, well, the other thing with this game as well that people need to remember is if Smith is carrying an injury and he does play and he's below 100%, even if he's 80%, if the Storm do get a reasonable lead, he's going to be taking an early shower. They'll just throw Kenny Bromwich in a well, hooker or something. Smith, Smith, Smith was on 36 points after 20 minutes or something last week. So, and that wasn't John Mash, that was just kicking goals. Then. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to disagree on Smith only because I've, I've got too many other guys that I'd rather play. At the moment, I'm not playing TPJ um, and a couple other guys as well that I'd probably rather play. So, But let's talk about the match of the round. Roosters versus Broncos, mate. Allianz Stadium, 7.30 Saturday night. I think I'm going to be going to this one. Um, the Roosters have got Luke Curie back, which is huge for them um, because Ryan Madison is a forward just playing in the halves, making tackles. That subsequently means that Madison has been relegated to the bench, which is bad news for Madison owners. Um, Jaguar Hargrave has been named in Jersey 18, but I think that he... Um, was scheduled to return in the finals, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, on the Broncos side of things, Katoni Staggs comes onto the bench, not really super coach relevant. Um, but other than that, there isn't really any Broncos changes. So start with the Roosters, mate. Um, at Allianz away from Suncorp, I do see the Roosters scoring um, a fair few points. I, I know you said that you were a bit worried about Fergo, but... I'm 100% playing Fergo against the Broncos. I'd 100% be playing Latrell and uh, Tedesco as well. Um, those three big gun backline guys, I'd be playing all those guys against the Broncos. Well, especially after coming off a loss down there, mate. Yeah, there's, the, the Roosters have won like six in a row um, and then just had a bad loss against Canberra. They're still in the running for the minor premiership. So they're going to yeah, be fired up. I'll bounce back and I'll get some momentum. They'll be like they'll be fired up, like you said. It's a it's a um, I don't know it's a night game. I thought it was a Sunday afternoon game. I thought it might be a little bit sort of warmer. Um, let, let them loosen up a bit more. But um, it'll be uh, it's on Channel Nine prime time. So yeah, mate, the boys might uh, comb their hair, get all get all uh, <laughs> get all primed up for the TV. Well, the important thing with um. um the Roosters' attack is with Kiri there again. Um, Mitchell's going to get the ball a lot more, um, and that's a big thing. Um, so Mitchell, at half time last week, had only made one run, um, and I was speaking to a few people about this and made a few angry comments on Roosters' forums as well, saying, "Yeah, you know they need to get him the ball better." But Madison's not a half number one, so he can't do it. And number two, Latrell could also just go in for the occasional hit up if he felt like it. But the bloke doesn't do it sometimes. Um, but one thing that Curie does do is he runs the ball, which makes Latrell have to run with him. And he also feeds Latrell sometimes as well. So with Curie back, I think Latrell's going to get a lot cleaner ball and he's going to be a really good player this week. Yeah, agree, mate. I was going to mention that before, but I forgot. <laughs> um, so Teddy... No, I was. I forgot. <laughs> Teddy Ferger, yeah, Mitchell... Um, 
it is lazy, but yeah, surely he goes better with Geary there. Um, would you be tra- trying to trade in any of these three guys? Um, Blake Ferguson's another uh, one centre wing all year. Yeah, no, he's, he's just had an awesome run. Um, he was one of the guys we mentioned earlier in the year as a potential sort of pod, maybe a bit of risk. You took If you took your risk, it's paid off. He's not, you know, I wouldn't be buying him now, especially not, not versus the Broncos' second last game of the year. Um, Teddy, uh, I'd probably, maybe, I'd probably rather buy. Uh, it'd be a 50-50 call between him and him and Turbo still. Um, but the fact I need to get back on the straight and narrow, and the Broncos can lose by 42, but you, you know they can just turn around and um, go, into, go into a heap. If I was going to be buying anyone, it would be um, Teddy Early. I'm not going to buy lateral versus the Broncos coming off a stinker like, stinker like that. Um, I wouldn't be buying a winger like Fergo Christ at what he is, mate. I'd probably just go with a, a proven fullback. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, Ponga to, um, Ponga to Teddy would be another one that might be on. If you're in Ponger at fullback and you can't afford a, a turbo as well, similar to the RTS example we gave earlier. Um, on the Broncos side of things, Corey Yates had a blinder last week with a hat trick. Um, he scored 120 points exactly um, and had a great game against Souths. Um, Milford's been playing a little bit better lately as well. Um, Having said that, both of those backs for the Broncos, I, I don't want to be playing them against the Roosters. I think that I'm going to be benching both this week, potentially. Yep, it's not man. I think the um, the Gareth Widdop injury as well has, has meant that Milford's become the perfect um, perfect guy to sacrifice to do the loop this week too, for me, because um, Widdop's playing last, so I can just not play Milford by by looping with Widdop if I need to do that. So that's a pretty good one for those that own Widdop and Milford. Yeah, he's he's not it's not likely that he's gonna go one fifty this week, but he, he um he's also unlikely to go less than thirty you would think. I mean the guy hasn't been doing much all year and you heard my rant last week saying that I hate him and I can't stand him, but I don't think he's gonna go sub thirty, so there's no, no real no real risk no real risk leaving leaving him out, but it's not the worst A. Yeah, he um he threw out an eighty against South at Suncorp, so that was a nice one um last week. Let's talk about one forward though that um I'm actually benching this week. TPJ we've spoken about him a lot. I know you love him, you converted me to loving him as well. Um but I need to say I've been a little bit disappointed in his PPM. Um of late, he had 62 minutes on the weekend, and I was actually surprised that he scored 59 points. Uh, 63 minutes, sorry. I was surprised that he scored 59 points. Um, he looked like a 50-point score game, and there's been a few like that um, where you know he scored 32 points a couple of weeks ago in 49 minutes, um, 72 minutes, 54 the week before that. He's um, his scores just haven't really been there. I'm I'm going to bench him this week, although he seems to maybe step up against the bigger teams. Yeah, maybe. Um, I know what you're saying, though. It's really disappointing when you get a guy of his size on the edge and then um, only to find out that yeah, you get get subbed off for 55, 60 minutes. It's frustrating because you think he, um, you think he's going to get sort of 70, 80. And uh, when he gets 55 minutes, you think to yourself, well, what would you, if you're only going to play 50, why not play him in the fucking middle? <laughs> yeah. But that's just being greedy from a super coach perspective. Yeah. Um, 
maybe he can only, maybe he can only last twenty minutes against the middle because he's such a big bloke. And who knows what what Wayne's thinking? But um, yeah, I'll. I've come this far with him, mate. Oh, if, if I didn't play him this week, I'd, I'd be filthy with myself if, if he went over. So <laughs> I'll just play him. I'll, I'll just play him again. There's, there's, I've got worse, worse things to worry about, like Smith being pulled at the last minute and having to play someone like Brimson. So fair enough. And having Brown out. Yeah, Brown out's a, a tough one. Um, that's an easy one for you to put TPJ in, I guess. I'm going to be. Benching all three of my Broncos, TPJ, Oates, and Milford this week, and then happily playing them in round 25 at home, Suncorp Stadium versus Manly in the final round. That's what those guys are being kept for at the moment. Um, so I'd, There you go. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be trading any of those guys out. Um, I'd be looking at trading other players out. If you're looking at making a centre wing up to upgrade um, or a 5'8 upgrade or or a back row, front row upgrade, I'd be trying to hang on to those three guys if you owned any of them because... Against Manly at Suncorp last game of the Broncos season, um, I do think that's going to be a really good one for them. Yeah. So after this one, we move on to the Sharks versus the Knights um, at two pm on the Sunday. Uh, this one's at Shark Park. We have a few changes. Ranian um, is out with his ankle injury, so Dugan moves into the centres, which is going to be better for him. Um, Edric Lee returns on the wing. Braley's back, so Seguiaro drops back to the bench, so that's pretty bad. If anyone brought in Segi for a Hail Mary, at least he got him through last week's head-to-head matchup, I guess. Um, Wade Graham has been named to return, which is good news for the Sharkies. Um, other than that, for the Knights, they've you know pretty much stayed the same, aside from Connor Watson uh, appearing on the reserves list, so maybe Connor Watson might be a late in. Um, other than that, the Knights are the same. So starting off with the Sharkies team, um, Valentine Holmes is by far and away the most purchased player this week, and he has been for a couple of weeks. Uh, the Knights can give up some points to some opposing backs and fullbacks, Billy. Um, you think that the Valentine Holmes train might have sailed, or even though he's you know jumping into a heap of teams, would you still jump on the bandwagon, pull, pull him in and put him in your centre wing? Yeah, because he's kicking goals, mate. Yep. Well, the Knights had a good win kicking, last kicking weekend. Goal, kicking goals and scoring. Yeah, still the Knights, mate. Sharks are at home. Kicking go- kicking goals, scoring scoring points. Um, even if the guy has a rubbish game and, and he scores one try or doesn't score any, any tries at all, he's going to kick seven twenty points. <laughs> um, and even if, if it's a close game and he doesn't kick any goals at all, I mean, with his try scoring rate at the moment, stats say he's going to get one anyway. So he's yeah. Even if he's seven, even if he's sort of seven of the K mate versus the Knights this week, playing at the playing at the end of the weekend, um, you could even save save a trade right right to the end of the weekend if you're desperate. You need to win, then you buy him. If you don't, then you just hold off. Yeah, no one ever going to win. So a tough question for you, um, Valentine Holmes yeah. and Turbo. Uh, sorry, Turbo. Are both 700k basically. I'd still go. I'd, I'd still. I'd still go turbo, turbo, turbo because he, he'll score 50, 60 points doing absolutely nothing, and he, uh, it still is the Tigers, even though they play an expensive game. Um, whereas Holmes, um, when I went to buy Holmes last week, um, I looked. I looked at him, and 
I remember what we were talking about, how he said averaging sort of 70, 75, 80, um, absolutely killing it and kicking goals. But then I looked at these stats and try, try, two tries, two tries, two tries, one try, oh, and kicking goals, oh, and he's scoring 75, 75, 75, 85. Whereas you go back to Turbo, Turbo is doing half, doing half, doing half that versus more difficult to, you know, in, in a losing team and still average, and still averaging sort of 65, 70. So all of a sudden, for Turbo to come up against uh, a Titans, I just kind of figured, or oh, uh, lower, lower risk, the guys doing less and scoring pretty much the same. So there's more, um, higher, higher potential output for Turbo. So that's the reason why I bought him last week. So to answer your question, if it comes down to picking between the two, I'd, I'd much rather pick the guy that can score 185 as opposed to 105. I get where you're coming from, and I'm a little bit torn on this one, but I'm actually going to go against you and say Holmes. And my yep. reason is because I think that, um, yeah, the centre wing is a lot more valuable to have those points in than the fullback spot. Um, and we've already spoken about Teddy and RTS, you know, potentially having good finishes to this year. Um, Holmes' stats, I don't remember a more remarkable run as far as a turnaround in form. Because the first dozen games of the season, he didn't even crack 50 points um, aside from one game. And now, in his last 12 games, mate, he has only scored below 64 points once in his last 12 games. And out of those 12 games, seven of them have been 80 or more points. And he's got um, two tons in there out of his last 12, 100 and 110. Like, to score seven out of 12 at 82 points plus in a row is just, it's unheard of. I, I can't remember another guy turning the season around as much super coach wise as what Holmes has done the last three months. Yeah, I was just fearful of him going back to a 30-point game the minute that I bought him. So at least Turbo had a proven history and was playing the Titans. But um, I know what you're saying. The points are more valuable in the centre three-quarter position. That's the reason why I bought Rapana at 600k to start the year. I kind of figured with, with his draw, someone like yeah. that would be more valuable than getting you know, a, a cut, uh, an expensive forward who could potentially score 70 as opposed to 60. Um so yeah, I mean, at, at this point in the season, when it's only two games, they could just flip, flip a coin. It's who do you think's going to score more? The the informed fullback who's kicking goals, playing the lights, or the or the in, in, the informed fullback who's not kicking but playing playing an expansive Tigers away from home, then Broncos away from home. Yeah, that's pretty much what it comes down to. And I think your call last week was correct, and I agreed with you. I think Turbo was the buy last week over Holmes. I just think if you don't own either of them this week and you're looking at it, I actually think the buy is going to be Holmes. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think Holmes this week. So, um, Andrew right. Fafita, we're, this is one that we disagree on a little bit, so we'll quickly chat about Fifi. He um, had a lot to say to his coaches on the weekend. He gave him a big spray after he scored a try. Um, and he only scored, he only played, you know, 38 minutes. Um, and before that, you know, he only played 48 minutes as well. And in these last sort of five weeks, he hasn't hit 60 minutes. So, Carrying a little bit of a knee injury, apparently, um, even though he might have a point to prove, and even though someone might get lucky and he scores a try this week against the Knights, I don't think I could possibly play him. Yeah, um, if I had if I had enough cover, I wouldn't either. I might still have to, but um, like Burgess and Kickout no, look like better options. Yeah, no, I'll play on for Peter and sign off for Peter and TPJ and and um. Burgess in the front row, so um, 
well, it does make it tough, tough, doesn't it? You got you got to choose between a potent, potential Smith or a late trader Smith versus um, also the brown out. I forgot about that. And now you know you got Fafita doing 30, 35 minutes. It make, makes it a slim pickings when you start looking down the pecking order, mate. Yeah, it does, mate. Uh, makes it pretty hard. You got to make those calls a bit earlier, I reckon, on um, guys like Smith. Maybe we'll have some more info, but um, yeah, uh, you're talking about benching or trading Reese Martin as well. Oh, if you're if your side's in good shape, then you can um, upgrade into a Tom Malolo or something for sure, or Tapau. Tapau's primed for a big week this week. But um, yeah, Sharkies wise, there isn't much else happening there. I think that they're going to be good in um, real terms, but. Um, for super coach, I really think Holmes is really the main guy that you want to be playing, buying, and even a sneaky C on him. Geez, that could really throw a cat amongst the pigeons. If you're behind in your head-to-head matchup, throwing a C on Holmes as a Hail Mary, you could do a lot worse than that. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, Knights-wise, uh, I really don't think that there's anyone to talk about. Um, to be fair to the Knights, the only guy that's been fantastic this year has been Ponga, and he's been named in the six jumper again. Um, Connor Watson might be coming back. He's on the extended reserves. If he does, Ponga goes to fullback, which will be a lot better. But I just feel like, really, Ponga's was a great purchase to start the year, and he's been fantastic. But he's dropped off pretty considerably the last sort of month of football um, compared to what he was doing. I don't. I wouldn't be playing him against the Sharks at Shark Park. And in fact, I'd certainly be selling him to RTS, Teddy, Turbo, whichever one of those guys yeah. you don't have. Yeah, it's a shame for the football player, um, but it's good for SC point of view. Um, keeps his price down a little bit, and hopefully, it makes him available at six next year. But I don't like our chances of getting him to play that third game. Yeah, he's he's only he's got a five round average of forty six and a three round average of fifty four. Um, admittedly, the 46 has got an injury game in there, so it's not really fair. But, um, I mean, do you see any way... Would you hold him in any circumstance? Yeah, only if he was um, playing a uh, pretty ordinary side. Uh, next week, he was kicking goals again. But um, it's a grand final, mate. I wouldn't be able to risk it, risking a head-to-head... Risking a guy like him for um, your person in a head-to-head final or, or overall. I'd probably just dump him. Yeah, agreed. I think he's a great trader. Um, the last game of the round is the Dragons versus the Bulldogs. Um, and this one shapes up as a pretty interesting one. There's some big news that came out today. That uh, Big Paul Vaughan has had a freak foot injury in training, making his comeback. So he's out for the whole season, which really kills the Dragons. Um, Jason Nightingale's returning on the wing with uh, Jordan Pereira moving to the bench and Jai Field dropping out. In regards to the Bulldogs, they've been playing a lot better of late, and they've got no changes to their side that beat the Warriors last week. Dragons-wise, I own a couple of Dragons. Um, one guy I am going to be playing, and I do sort of see him as a sneaky pod, is uh, Neto McDonald. He's had a really good season. Um, I really liked his work rate quite a bit, um, and he showed on the weekend as well what he can do. Um, I think he had something like 22 hit-ups, and he scored 49 points between his hit-ups, um, TBs, and uh, a couple of offloads that he had. So he's a bit like Fergo, where he can offload a bit um, and also take some TBs and some big hit-ups. He's only priced at 390k. Um, if you're a side that is struggling money-wise to get a centre wing in, 
Um, I reckon you could do worse than getting Nene McDonald in this week to play the dogs. If you're desperate for a last round and you need a sneaky, sneaky, it's um, pretty pretty half distant call, I think, if, if those stats are pretty spot on, dude, with um, the, ta- the tackle bus and offloads and him sort of um, doing, having a higher work rate. Yeah, they're at um, Opie Jubilee as well, which is always nice. I would probably still prefer to play um, Kurt Mann, but I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, I don't have the same man love as you, but um, look, he's, he's in the number six jersey again. Um, and he is uh, dirt cheap at 275k. Scored 75 points on the weekend. Um, I guess I'm a little bit scared off from his Kurt Mann's other scores. It wasn't in the six jersey, but I mean, he's you know on the wing. He's in his 80 minute games. He's been like a anywhere from a 21 to 60 point type of player. So um, yeah, but he's not, yeah, but he's not playing there, so you need to discount that completely. Yeah, but it's it's hard to say that he's a seventy-five point player either when he's only had one game there. Yeah, well, he's one for one at seventy-five, isn't he? <laughs> well, I'm. I would rather go other options, but um, I hear you're on your Kurt Mann call. You'll probably leave egg on my face this week. That's fine. If it was, if if it was, if it was. If it was any other, any if it was any of the top eight teams, I, I'd be with you, dude. But mate, he's playing the dogs, and he's just coming off a seventy-five point game, and he's um he's been rated, rated for a while in the gut. Um, so I'd, yeah, look, I, I I would play him over McDonald. A guy, a guy that's getting getting the ball at, you know, two or three times uh, set in a, in, a, in a playmaker in a playmaker role where clutch attack points. Um, of what um, Supercoach is all about. I would just, yeah, I would just play him. Mate. I'm going on the McDonald bandwagon, so um, let's see who wins that one next week, mate. Um, in the Bulldogs side of things, there really isn't a huge amount to talk about. Um, Reese Martin is one though that I did mention uh, towards the start of the pod that we'll revisit now. Um, there's been a heap of forwards the last few weeks that he just dropped um, in performance right at the wrong time of the year. Uh, and Reese Martin has been one of them. He's he's still maintained his 80-minute role, but he's scored 49 and 50 points the last two weeks. And he had 20 points in goal-kicking in those 49 um, points. So he only had 31 points in base for an 80-minute forward against the Warriors on the weekend. I I mentioned he's a good sell just because he's about 600k to get another forward in. But I don't even know. I'm questioning whether to play him or not this week against the Dragons. Yeah, I didn't know his base was that low. That's kind of um, impossible. (laughs) (laughs) The the two weeks before, he got 48 and 47 in base, which is a lot better, but it's still not not phenomenal. His work rate seems to have dropped. His offloads have dried up, and his goal-kicking has actually masked a lot of his underperformance, it seems. Yeah, oh... Mate, given 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 most people's teams, they're probably still playing. But um, the only thing I will say is, if you're lucky enough to be in a position where you can drop a player, um, any one of those guys you've mentioned, um, uh, for, for Feeder, Martin, Smith, um, yeah, those, those are certainly guys that you could potentially. Well, Milford, those are certainly guys you could potentially potentially drop if you if you were. Wanted to take a take a pot option with someone underperforming as a as as opposed to buying a pot to overperform. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've got a pretty stock standard back row at the moment that I think a lot of people would have, and that's Jason Tomalolo, Jake Trevojevic, and Jai Arrow. Um, 
and I don't I don't see myself being able to bench any of those guys to play Reese Martin. Yeah, agree. Um, only other bulldog that um, is probably worth talking about a little bit. Um, I think Hopper. Hopper was spoken about a couple months ago, and he kind of deserves a little bit of a shout out because he's he's had a pretty good season. Will and not many people give him too much credit. He's certainly a pod. Um, he scored. He only scored 42 points on the weekend, but he had 64, 68, 58, 33, and 135 points before that. So he's actually got a six-round average of around about 65 or so points. Um, Five-round average, a three-round average of 58. So he's not the worst option at 511k, and um, but he does. Elevated by that big one, right? Yeah, but his three-round average isn't inflated. He's um. He's been about a 60-point player. His work rate's been really good. Um, so he has been one of those solid work rate guys. But, I mean, I guess the question comes down to, mate, with him as a pod, um, you need to hope that he's going to hit some attack, which he doesn't get often. So do you see the Dragons with no Widdop and now no Vaughan capitulating a bit and having like a power game where they give up a heap of points to the Dogs? Or do you see it as a bit of a tougher game that someone, someone like Hopper's just not going to get any scoring against? Oh. I think it's still going to be a tough game. Even um, when uh, Widow has been around, he hasn't exactly been performing lately. So <laughs> Widow has been there and hasn't really made much of, made much of a difference. And no one's really sort of been dominating him. So um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't play him. I wouldn't. I would not be playing Hopper. Fair enough. How do you see this game going as far as the the winner and the score and for Supercoach? I reckon Dragons come out firing with, 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 with a point to proof. I reckon Dogs sort of put up a fight for a little bit, but I reckon Dragons just get over the top of the steamroll. Yeah, it wasn't. It was a bit ugly on the weekend against the Tigers. It was um, you know, six two at the half, I think, or something like that. I reckon this one could be a bit similar. Maybe a um, eighteen twelve scoreline, something like that. Maybe even eighteen sixteen. Dogs don't have much, mate. No, but they beat the Warriors 27-26 last week, so, I mean, that's something. But It's the Warriors, mate. Yeah, I mean, we're done with the teams now, so I can go off on a little bit of a tangent and finish off the pod. How badly are so many teams going this year? I don't remember a year where so much of the competition was playing bad football. I reckon, there's only, I reckon this year we should only have a top four, not a top eight, the way it's gone. Mate, don't say that. The Eels can't win a game. You're telling me every team in the cop is shit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe if it was last year, the Eels wouldn't have one, one win. They'd be on zero. Um, yeah, there's been some ordinary games. I'll give you that. I think, I think the top four teams are just kind of really overperformed this year. So not overperformed, but really sort of shown their dominance, mate. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty bad. Sides like the um, Dragons... Penrith and the Warriors in particular, those three is playing such bad football. It's amazing that you know those guys are still in the running to actually get the minor premiership. Granted, the you know the Storm and the Roosters and Rabbits would need to fall over the next two weeks, but it's it's just it's crazy. So it's a bit of a crazy season, but we'll finish it off there, Billy. Thanks for jumping on again. I hope you, Kurt, man, call works out for you. Me too, mate. Me too, mate. <laughs> We'll review it next week, mate. Cheers. All right. Have a good one, buddy. Thanks for listening, guys. Uh, You can download us, as always, or stream us on SoundCloud. Download us on iTunes. Uh, Do follow us on Twitter, 
NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Um, share us around, uh, retweet us, and, and everything else. Um, thanks for the feedback we've gotten so far. It makes it a lot easier to keep on going through a long season. Good luck in everyone's head-to-head matchups this week. If you're not in head-to-head and you're going for overall, best of luck for the last two weeks, guys. We'll chat again next week.